0: Welcome, everybody, and happy holidays to the latest episode of the Top Ten. I am one of your
1: hosts, John Roca, and that is over there. Uh, I'm Matt Nost. Uh, for those that are listening to this, we're taking this in advance, but uh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. This comes out on, uh, what, uh, Christmas Eve? Cindy, okay. Yeah, 24th. This comes out on the 24th. Ooh. Uh, we have to take these in advance because, uh, you know, our time here in the studio lands on uh, two big holidays. Yeah, it does. So there is no studio time those days. <laughs> It <laughs> doesn't exist. So we have to plan for this inevitability. Yes, and, we're
0: wearing the same clothes, too. So suck it.
1: Yeah, and it's going to happen on uh, a couple more shows it on the really he- upcoming. Not these specific clothes, new clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you will still see it twice. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we're uh, we're here today thanks to a uh, patron gave us a nice suggestion. We were looking for something for, you know, this time uh, yeah. uh, of the month. We are like, oh, what do we got out there? Who do we uh, – Who's going to help us out? Mm-hmm. I am trying to pull that up right oh, now.
0: okay. Well, you know, it's always fun when the patrons suggest topics for us. And this was an interesting one for us to kick around and look at. And certainly one of the most difficult ones because there are so, so many films to choose from. And, uh, you know, the subject matter, as you read in the title there, the top ten films released in December. So there's so many years of movies. I try to keep it to the... Uh, last three or four decades to keep it kind of okay. topical. Sure. Um, uh, so if some of you are looking for older classics or what have you, um, uh, I, I'm, they're not going to be on my list. I don't know if they're going to be on your list, but I, I wanted to go, keep it kind of because I think we can revisit this idea more as we go along, you know, in terms of certain sure. times, certain decade. We even go decade by decade, films released in January. In the 50s. Yeah. from the 70s, 80s, whatever. It's fun to do that. So uh, I think there's a new way to discover
1: splitting the atom here. And as we talk- texted about earlier, uh, because it's like it's a murderer's row of what's been released in December. Oh, yeah. So we also said, just as a stipulation for us, not for the patron that submitted, yeah. just for us here, that if it's come up on more than like 10 or 15 lists or shows or something like that, yeah. then we're going to move on to another one that we haven't talked about as much because mm-hmm. there's so many to choose from. So – you know, there are movies out there that I, undeniably, hopefully they make uh, the patron who sent it as Corey O'Connor. Hopefully they make his yep. list yep. because they are, you know, more than likely they would make ours. Mm-hmm. But we just, hey, there's a lot of movies that we talk about. We still want to honor the patron's suggestion mm-hmm. and still get to it. So we're like, why don't, why don't we just keep throw, throw some new movies in the mix? Some of them have come up on less than 10 shows. Oh, yeah. We're still getting to some, you know, some chestnuts, some, some December classics, <laughs> but just not as many of. There's a preponderance of ones where, the, okay, this is one of the best movies ever, and so is this one, and so is this one. Be like, yeah, but they come up all the time on our lists, right? So try and do something just a little bit different for once. Not always easy. No, not always easy. And uh, it was still even going by that. Yeah, I still had a list of like fourteen or fifteen. Wow. There's a solid list of 40 or 50 of movies that have okay. released Okay. from 19—I went through some of the 60s and then went through all 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, up to today. How were you able to do that? Like, did you go to a particular website? You can go to Wikipedia, and you can find all the American-released films per year. Wow. And then you have to go by month in that year. And then you go to the next year, and then wow. you go by month in that—you know, through December, and then just go through over— One year at a time. Wow. Yeah, I took the time. I was like, I will honor (laughs) this. But then once we're getting into it, (coughs) dude, after a while, it's just like all of these have been number ones on their own separate list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of what was originally my list. That's why uh, we started that text exchange of like, is this the best idea? Um, Because we just talked about a lot. And I don't want to do a show, neither do you, where we go, well, you've heard us talk about that one a million times before. (laughs) Moving on, what's your number three? Oh, a movie you've heard us talk about it many times before. Yeah. And how is that fun for you as a listener? So the premise of the show is incomplete in that we're not giving our actual best of December. It's like the other amazing movies nobody really talks about as much in our opinion.
0: How do, uh, what did they say? Did they send anything? Yeah, in Corey
1: sent in his. Okay. There's a, It says, hello and thanks again for choosing my topic this month. Uh, this is a very difficult list to get down to just 10. Yeah. My top three selections hold a certain sentimental value uh, to me as they were my favorite. Movie theater going experiences, uh, seeing those movies at the time. Mm. So we'll get to his uh, list after we finish ours like mm-hmm. we normally do. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so we'll go ahead and start. And once we set a topic. We go our individual ways and create personal top ten. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He mm-hmm. does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Uh, boom. Uh, so it, uh, it's still a lot of choices. Okay. At ten, uh, the phantom thread. Ooh, nice choice. Uh, it's crazy that Daniel Day-Lewis and uh, uh, P.T. Anderson ends up at number 10. Yeah, I just haven't watched it as much as the others that are on my list. Okay. It could creep up there, but okay. it's still really excellent. Yeah. It's a nice little vignette of an interesting character that exists within the world, and we live with them for a time, a little bit longer time than – Anderson usually lives yeah, with his characters. Yeah. Yeah. Because it spans more. You see a failed relationship into another relationship, and then it's an indeterminate time, amount of time in between on some level. Yeah. 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 Uh, we do have the periods of time when he's sick. Mm mm-hmm. Because uh, she's, you know, they're together day and night, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Vicky Krebs uh, is the actress. Oh, of the actress? The, yeah. 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 Couldn't have told you her name for all the money in <laughs> my bank accounts. <laughs> never going to happen. But it's it's one that, you know, Came out and had the thrust of this could win an Oscar and right. it just wasn't – people stacked it up against the other previous day Lewis's of the past couple of years. And they're like, it's excellent. It's just not as – to them in their estimation, wasn't as excellent yeah. as some of these others. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as revered in its year because they were trying to spread the love around. It's like in sports when they don't want to vote a guy MVP even though we all agree they're MVP because right. they're sick of voting for that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing sometimes with the Oscars. Like we all acknowledge that's the best but – we need to spread the love around just Well, a this bit. is – uh,
0: we were having this discussion when we talked, Harry and I, uh, with uh, Scott Menzel. Um, and she was saying like, well, I said, I don't know why Pacino is being nominated for Irishman. Like I, 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 there's nothing he does in Irishman that he hasn't done in a million other movies. There's nothing De Niro does in Irishman that he hasn't done in a million other movies. So when – if De Niro's not going to get nominated because people are like, yeah, that's standard De Niro performance. Why is Ciro being nominated just because he's got a, a louder, flashier performance? There's nothing he's doing here that's exquisite. And, and Perry was like, "Well, that's unfair to the actor because you've put him in a in, in a higher." Echelon. And I go, "Yeah, because that person has earned that higher." Yeah, echelon. that scrutiny. Yeah, that scrutiny. Exactly. Like if it's a if it's something like Adam Sandler doing a, a drama like Uncut Gems, I have way more. Like um, uh, my mind is way more open to be swayed to vote for him or to nominate him if he delivers a fantastic performance because sure. he rarely goes into drama. Whereas Pacino, a screaming guy who is, uh, you know, like a, a teamster leader, there's not much uh, difference here, you know. And so to me, I, I, I kind of – but she pushed back on it. But I, I, that's the way I look at it. That's way, and I think the Academy. And I, I used the comparison Tom Brady. Tom Brady could – you could argue Tom Brady be the MVP
1: every goddamn year. Because there's no way the Patriots would be anywhere near as good without him. Well, I think because they get to feast on the AFC East, which has been just brutal. That's fair.
0: But he wins these Super Bowls. He does. gets into the playoffs, gets in the AFC Championship
1: games at least. And so <clears throat> I
0: said because Tom Brady has such a high threshold of um, performance, there's a level that you expect from every year. He has to kind of go above that level that you expect. For it to be considered an MVP year, even though his level is higher than like twenty five other quarterbacks in the NFL, so or maybe more, but that's how it goes. It's a matter of uh, um, perspective.
1: Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I went off on that. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. It's it is. You just you you gauge them by a different metric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've earned that right. It's unfortunate, but at the same time, it's a byproduct of you're really amazing, and we expect that of you, and you deliver on that almost always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still love Phantom Threat. Okay, so there we go. <laughs> Nine uh, is Galaxy Quest. Oh, nice choice, man. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Quality, fun, amazing movie. And then when you hear that the studio tried to change it because they didn't get the joke of what they were doing, Yeah, and that would have ruined it, and it would have made it a movie that I never would have seen. Right. But a spoof of, like, what happens if Star Trek was kind of real type of thing. Yeah. Is, I mean, they pull it off mm-hmm. flat out, mm-hmm. making making fun of Kirk and at the same time humanizing. Yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting. Everyone. Yeah. And the plight of Leonard Nimoy as Spock, you know, railing against the fact that he's known as Spock when he's this really good actor. Yeah. And Alan Rickman crushing that at the end by Graptar's hammer <laughs> fucking means that, you know. You almost, <clears throat> you almost tear up. It is. It's yeah. great. He begrudgingly has to say it at all the stupid conventions, but the fact that it it actually holds meaning for these other individuals. Well, that's the power of that film too is because like like the Lego movies, right?
0: They're really good at making fun of what they're making fun of, but they're also great at revering it at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? You don't feel like they're – you know they're making fun of Star Trek. But they're making fun of it from a loving place, as opposed to a place trying to um, make uh, trying to make it look stupid or insult it or trying to put da- trying to look down on it. It's actually making fun of the a combo of the real stuff and the fake stuff. You mm-hmm. know, this idea of Shatner was a bit of a diva and wanted everything to be about him. He took lines away from people. is very that's why there's a lot of anger towards him from Takei and and uh, Walter Koenig who played Chekhov. Uh, because of what he did. Spock, Nimoy didn't want to play Spock anymore because he's a, a freaking theater actor. Yeah. Right? And the idea of Uhura, the communication, she just repeats whatever the computer says. What's the point? Right? It, but yeah, there's what that is theory. the point? Yeah.
1: And it's all meaningless in the Rockwell, like, I'm going to get killed, aren't I? Yeah, the right. The freak out. Red shirt guy. Yeah, exactly. Tony Shalou is the engineer. They're just kind of down for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Shalhoub just killing it the entire uh, yeah. movie. was fantastic in that film. Uh, the guy from... Uh, that TV show about the tabloid magazine, uh, but it wasn't like tabloidy. It was a, a like Rake. No, 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 no. Uh, he's not Australian. He's he's oh. uh, American. It was a oh shoot. I know maybe it was maybe it was like a Cosmo. They were doing a junior version of Cosmo or something. He was a fashion photographer. It was a sitcom in the late '90s, early 2000s. Okay.
0: Oh, you're talking about Just Shoot Me? Just Shoot Me. Right. You're talking
1: about Enrico? Yeah,
0: he's the Colatonia leader of the alien
1: yeah. Uh, species. Yeah, yeah. That guy's uh, great. Yeah, it was like a Cosmo or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. But like a junior version. It wasn't a tabloid magazine.
0: No, no. Yeah, because David Spade was in that show. Um, What's-Her-Face what? Baranski yeah. Oh, no, no uh, Wendy Malick Wendy okay. Malick was on that show Laura said Giacomo
1: was on that show I, I knew they had an uh, Italian yeah. As a, the lead actress And I, then I the older George, guy George Seagal, I think, was I the think older is, guy that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah Segal sounds right
0: That wasn't a bad film A show, rather I liked that show I it was I, I can't imagine ever
1: going back and watching it again <laughs> And I watched it in repeats Just because it was on mm-hmm. I didn't hate it What about news radio? Would you ever go back and watch news radio again? No, but I like news radio Okay uh, Wings I'll never go back and rewatch Oh Wings man I I, I begrudgingly kind of liked it at the time Okay Okay um, Not your jam No I just it, I don't think it's strong enough to hold the test of time Okay Oh, The test of time Yeah I don't think so It's <laughs> tough right. to do for a sitcom but True Especially one which like we got Lowell and he's zany <laughs> Like okay <laughs> Great character great yeah. actor Tom Hayden Church he's, he's had a hell of a career and yeah so is Tim Daly and the uh, oh, yeah, like Stephen Weber Stephen Weber and Tony Shaloub. Tony Shalhoub yeah. who was the cab driver.
0: Crystal Bernard never really did much afterwards. No, the heavyset guy and the older woman. Yeah, yeah, they would occasionally show up as character actors. And yeah, stuff. I,
1: I couldn't think of another thing that they were in. Yeah, yeah, they were they were good. But yeah. yeah, I just don't.
0: I had such a crush on Crystal Bernard, man. I thought she was so cute. Never got it. Really, never understood what. Because I remember that sitcom she was on before Wings. It's a Living, that one with Angelium. And I was like, oof, you are cute. Nope. So showing it are in Wings. I was like, oh, acid wash tight jeans.
1: Yes. Yeah, never bought it. Okay. All right. All right, so that's my nine. Yes. My eight is uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, nice. That's my number 10. Sweet, okay. sweet. Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, it's surprising it does. Uh, it when I thought about the 10 to 15, I was like, I don't really know if it's made five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's quality. It's Robin Williams at the height of he can do drama and mm-hmm. still get comedy. Yep. Like the prawns on his fingers. And, you know, he just ad libbed that scene. And he had numerous of those. Yeah. Within the movie. And it just kind of fits every time he's going and off or talking to the uh, soldiers. He pulls up in the back of that uh, Jeep. Yeah. When Forrest Whitaker's like, you know who I got right here? Uh, just the pure charm yeah. of Robin Williams. Like Garlic, that, yeah, that dude is just a star, <laughs> flat out. I, I think he's great too, and and I enjoyed him in that
0: film and and uh, forrest Whitaker and like because the film is a is a funny comedy, but like a lot of these '80s comedies, man, there was some real like drama involved in this thing when that kid turns on him. You guys, yeah, Viet Cong, yeah, the Viet Cong, and then you start to go like, oh, and they they have that interaction. And you're like, man, shit, this is, this is real stakes. This is real life. Mm-hmm. People died, right? And he felt betrayed because he had put his effort out there to kind of like talk to this person. And in that interaction, they essentially were showing you how Americans viewed the Vietnam War, which was we were coming in to help you. Why don't you let us help you? Why are you blowing us up or killing us or whatever when we're just trying to help you and uh, be good to you, right? And so to keep you away from communism. Yeah, but they didn't ask for our help Well, no, no. Oh, listen, I'm not saying it's correct. I'm just yeah. saying I think they used that as kind of a small commentary on the American-Vietnam conflict. Okay. The conflict of Vietnam.
1: I've never thought about it like that. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like I can totally see – uh, what you're talking about Right I've just right. never viewed it as That was the American's perspective Of we are just here to help Right Because it, it rang so true For the character He was kind of put into this situation He didn't want to be there He didn't want to be there Yeah He's just You know He's yeah. made to be a radio disc jockey Or something like that Right A life of the party type of individual And, and just he, happens to be here And he was against the higher ups Because the higher ups Were trying to turn him into Yeah Just the regular yeah. cookie cutter Yeah The uh, What's his name Bruno Yeah Bruno uh, Start with a K Bruno Kirby. Kirby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, City Slickers. There you go. That's what he's more known to. When Harry met Sally as well. When Harry, yeah, but I would say City Slickers, more people have seen that than when Harry met Sally. Oh, maybe. You're right. I think so. Maybe. City Slickers is family friendly. I know, but uh, romantic comedy. Number one romantic comedy ever made. Maybe. According to people our age and, and older, to some degree. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think the younger... Maybe they go back and watch it. I don't know. That's a good point. Maybe 20 Whereas years ago. Like, what is this shit? City Slickers, I think you could still make a City Slickers reference. And people most like people, people would get it. it. Right. I think so. That's fair. Yeah, I, when Harry Met Sally, yes. Hmm. But you make a good point, though. You're watching when, City Slickers like when you're 10 or something like that. No matter yeah. what
0: generation you're And there's you're
1: two from. of them. The, the second one's dumber than the first. It really is. The first one tries to have some heart. And the second one's, you know... Yeah. Curly's gold. <laughs> uh, But, yeah, I just think it's one of those... You could easily... You buy that DVD back in the day and now you can stream that wherever and it's yeah. just everybody can find some sort of enjoyment out of it and that's for sure. Uh all right. So that was my eight, your ten, what's your nine? Uh Tanya. Oh shit. I missed that in the list. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, that makes my list. Uh I'll bump something else off. I-Tanya okay. makes it. Yeah. All right. I really love that movie, man. That that movie is
0: so good. In fact, I was thinking about it the other day, like I hadn't seen it in a while and uh I was gonna um, put it back on and watch it, and just because Margot Robbie's performance is so fucking good in that movie, and and I was a Tanya Harding fan uh, until all that shit went down. Obviously, it was crazy when that shit went down because I liked the fact that she was an underdog and mm-hmm. she was like trying to go against the pretty people and the the the, um, the it was essentially like the. The rich kids against the poor kids, uh, you know, in figure skating, and so yeah. I felt gra- I gravitated towards Tanya Harding because I didn't grow up in a in a rich uh, situation, and so I didn't like that they, it felt like the organization was trying to uh, mold her into something that she wasn't, or trying to make her jump over hoops that she didn't that they weren't making other people jump through hoops that were of a higher standing or higher economic standing, and so I thought it was unfair overall. Then all that shit went down, and you're just like, ah, oh, this is nuts, and so. To see the behind-the-scenes of her life and how terrible her life was and what she endured and what she had to deal with, the way it was filmed was so brilliant. And Allison Janney is fantastic. Julianne Nicholson is great in the film. Sebastian Stan is good in the film. Paul Walter Hauser, who's fantastic now. And Richard Jewell, he's great yeah. in the film is But having that sequence where she's getting beat up by him and he presses her face against the wall and she's looking at the camera and doing – you're just like, oh, fuck this. It's yeah. brilliant.
1: So. No, it was, it was damn good. Yeah. yeah. It was damn good. Yeah. And i am like to see Sebastian in something different. Right, 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 right. Super interesting. I'm g- glad the guy moved on to Jewel. Like, he got to get work yeah. because he was nothing short of stellar in this. Yeah. Three, I mean, excellent performances all the way around, but she was so good. Yeah. So good. She, did she, she didn't win for that, did she? No, no. Who'd she lose to? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Because I wonder if that's deserving. I remember liking her performance. I think best of all that year. Mm, let me through this thing.
0: Hi, Tanya, Oscar. Here we go. It's like the second thing. Yeah, she, uh, best actress uh, and Allison Janney for best supporting. Uh, and then best film editing. That's what happened with the movie. Uh, but who did she lose to? Best actress in the leading role. What year was that? That was 2013.
1: Is that right? There's no way that's right. There's no, not six wait, years wait, ago. Wait, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. 16 or 17? Yeah, maybe. That's weird. Uh,
0: let me see here. Because it says actress. In, oh, it says the page is not. Okay, hold on. Let me get back to it. Anyway, I want you to yeah, move on.
1: Yeah, I'm going to. Well, I was going to try and help. I'm going to go with 2017 as a guess. Okay. Let's see. Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin, what? Right. For La La Land, okay.
0: Oh, here uh, we go, yeah, it was, oh, uh, no. Oh, okay, it was, uh, Frances McDormand, she won. It was oh, for 2018 for, for three billboards. billboards. Yeah. yeah, okay. was nominated, Margot was nominated, Meryl Streep, and Sally Hawkins for Shape of Water.
1: So, yeah, yeah, it's a murderer's row year.
0: Yeah, it's a tough year, bro. Uh-huh. That's a tough year.
1: Francis Frances McDormand was great in three
0: billboards. I think Meryl Streep had no business being nominated for The Post. I nope. think she was good in the movie, but she had no business being nominated. No, the
1: movie was fine. Yeah. The movie was fine. Totally fine. All the, act- all the performances were fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, you know, sometimes just because you get all this stuff together doesn't mean it's gold. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, it's not a denigration of your talent or ability or anything like that. It just...
0: <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to say your shit. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know. All right. So what do you got at eight? Uh, my eight is her.
1: Oh, okay. Another, we, another great choice. We rarely yeah,
0: talk about that. We rarely talk about her really enjoyed that movie. It's uh, to me still, it's Scarlett Johansson's best performance ever. Um, as an actress. Um, I think Joaquin Phoenix is great in that film. Uh, Kristen Wiig is great in the film. Their interactions are incredible in the film mm-hmm. and what it leads to is pretty heartbreaking. So to me, I, I I enjoy that movie a lot. And what it says about our relationship to technology But also what it says about the search we're always on to find something to connect to, find someone to love us. But what's great about the film is like he – this is his healing process. As he's dealing with a breakup, he finds – he rebounds with this computer program. The computer program becomes the utopian thing that he wants, the idealistic thing that he wants. But that thing has to grow. And he understands – like she leaving him is like his breakup but he deals with that better. So he learns that like sometimes it doesn't work out and it's okay. it doesn't work out and you should appreciate the time you did have with that person because that person was never going to be your person or only was your person for just that short amount of time or that amount of time. And you took the lessons from that person and you're going to bring it into the next thing that you got. So it's not an easy lesson to learn. It's a tough lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. But I thought they did a really great job with it and her and Joaquin was fantastic in that movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a, another excellent call. There's a lot of them to choose from. Yeah. It's, certainly. It's nothing against that uh, uh, in it. So my uh, next one? Yeah. Um, let me double check because when I saw this on the list, I never double checked that it was actually released in December. Okay. Which I checked all the others, Mm -hmm. but this one just doesn't seem right to me, but yeah, it is. Okay. It is right. Uh, I chose The Naked Gun. Oh! (laughs) I think it's only made like three lists. (laughs) It's been hinted at and talked at a bunch I of times. I love it. That's a great choice, my man. Yeah. It came up on the list. December 1st, it was released. That, to me, is a spring movie or something. Yeah. But maybe it's because there's baseball in it. Oh, yeah, maybe.
0: That's weird, huh?
1: Yeah. I don't think of it as a December movie. That's okay. when I found it on Wikipedia. I was like, really? Naked Gun? But I didn't check that one. Wow. So that's why I was hesitating. But yeah, Naked Gun. It's Just right? a classic. Yeah. Of a joke style that I think almost everybody else fails at. Mm-hmm. And even Leslie Nielsen, moving on, couldn't recapture it in Dracula and Dead and Loving It or whatever it was called. Right, 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 right. And like the later iterations when it went from a serious actor in this stupid comedy to a serious actor now thinks he's a comedian in yeah. these comedies. Yeah. And then it lost its appeal to me. Okay. That's what works so well about Airplane and Naked Gun. He's mm-hmm. playing this pretty you know, serious. Yeah. And then later on, it becomes <laughs> he becomes the guy that brings a fart machine onto talk shows because yeah. he thinks it's hilarious. I and mean, be like, you were a dramatic actor thrust into these situations. That's what made it good. You deadpan. You know, don't call me Shirley from Airplane. Right, right. The naked God, just the uh, nice beaver. Thanks, it just had its stuff. It's a terrible line, but it works. It totally works. It works.
0: <coughs> For whatever reason, it totally yeah.
1: works. It's uh, Enrico Palazzo. Because <laughs> <laughs> he sang the national anthem. He's just getting into all the balls and strikes with strikes, and the game's going too fast, and yeah. he hasn't figured out who the killer is yet. So everything's <laughs> a ball. What? People go crazy. Oh, that movie kills me. Yeah. The the follow ups are if you've never seen any yeah. of them, just see the first one. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> two and it's, a half's all it's, right. It's a law of diminishing returns yeah. at that point. It, it is. Yeah. It, yeah, pretty pretty steep too. <laughs> but the first one, I think, is is pretty damn excellent. Yeah, I agree. So, I thoroughly agree. Yeah. Um, so that was my seven. Okay. And my six, mm-hmm. technically not made a lot of lists, but it has come up in passing okay. a number of times, Okay, which is Tombstone. Oh, Lord. Knock it has not out. made a lot of lists. Yeah, for a reason. Less than ten. For a reason. Well, I'm saying even of my own personal where I try and mm-hmm. get it onto a show, mm-hmm. but it's been – we've done westerns a couple times, and it's been flirted at, and we talk about Tombstone. Did yeah, we do. Uh, Dude, whatever. If we end up talking about Fucking Deadwood, then we do a Powers Booth, and Powers Booth, you know, (laughs) Kevin Bacons us right into Tombstone. If we're talking about Val Kilmer, one of his best roles was as Doc Holliday, which it is. Yeah. He is uh, fantastic in it, and it's a pulp novel uh, come to life. Okay. So if you're looking for, like, distinct, direct historical accuracy, Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to get— you know, it's gonna Gats. it's gonna go vague in a lot of different spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're gonna fictionalize, and obviously the dialogue and whatnot and the interactions they have to make all that up. Right. Yeah, they, they got certain beats right with the OK Corral and <sighs> the yeah. setting. Well, I'm just saying. I guess it did happen. It was between these individuals. Yeah, true, true. Like type of there was a gang of cowboys. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. At least I believe there was. I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. I, I was never as enamored with that aspect of the West. I like the West as an idea. Yes. As opposed to the individual component parts. You mean the actual thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Billy the Kid, um, I found it fascinating just because he became so famous in his time. But yeah. But I never read any of the books. I never – like I knew who he was. Right, 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 right. Thing. Right. Uh, okay. But Tombstone, Tombstone is just perfect. It's just perfect. I don't yeah. know if you understand So what that many word quality is. actors in one movie. It's ridiculous. Are you sure you understand what that word means, perfect? It is perfect. <laughs> for what it aspires to be, it is perfect. Right. It is not trying to beat Wyatt Earp. <laughs> it is not. Like Kevin Costner. That's and, for and damn sure. Telling a philosophical story about man's travails on this fucking blue marble. <laughs> it's not. It's, okay. it's just. All right. You know, I got a gun and I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, basically that. Yes. Yeah. And that's, a, you know, that is a pulp novel. Come to life. Representation of the old West. Yeah. There are confrontations all the time and there's a drinking and uh, gambling. Pharaoh, yep. guys playing Pharaoh and pretty women who are apparently prostitutes potentially. Yeah. All over the place. Mm-hmm. and whatever lawlessness there is no justice people get offended you have to take your guns off to go into places you so, got to get it on yeah just the, the wild west uh, yeah. lawless land <laughs> and that's what this movie is <clears throat> it's a fictionalization of that idea all right all and right. it is perfect
0: if that's how you feel about it uh let me ask you a question uh well does there will be blood count or not We've talked about it too much? I took it off because we talked about it too right, much. I took it off too. I just wanted to make sure. Does Old Brother count? I
1: didn't know, so I kept it off for that reason. Okay. Fair enough. I don't mean. know how many it's come up on. It okay. just came up right. last week. Right, right or Two right. weeks ago, rather. Yeah. Then I will take it off. And I know we did, a, we did a Clooney episode. Yes. And we've done a Cohen's, Yeah. But I don't know how many others it's come up on, so okay. I don't know. Okay. All right. I will take it off because I want to make sure that I respect what we agreed upon but I didn't know, like, yeah. I didn't do the numbers. I've got, like, two more where I'm like, I don't, tech, I'm not sure, I okay. don't think so. I think it's right at the line on one of them. Okay. And one of them is another, like, tombstone where it technically hasn't made a lot. Right. But it's come up in periphery or it looms large in the the, the topics it does come up on. Okay. All right. Uh, then
0: I will say Apocalypto is my next choice.
1: That was a tough
0: cut. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh,
1: I love that movie, man. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Uh, and I was... Uh, makes sense that it came out in December because you're going for Oscar type of recognition for something like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. you think. At least in Mel's case, he's trying to get back in the good graces of, of Hollywood. Yeah. put out that time of year kind of you know fish around anybody willing to nibble on this (laughs) what do you think what do you think yeah no biters no big biters people nibbled but nobody really uh you know full-on snacked on it yeah i i think it's such a great
0: film that is a fantastic action adventure movie but it has this like importance and weight to it that is um just overwhelming to watch and Once again, it's in a language you don't speak. You probably haven't heard in ever. Mm -hmm. uh, And there's enough here that you can connect to and feel like like – and a universal appeal to, right? This idea of this guy who wants to protect his family from these people who want to – from this other tribe that Mm -hmm. wants to control them, colonize them, uh, take away their independence and make them essentially slaves to them. He, sur- he he spends a whole movie surviving this n- madness and nonsense and death defying things and like the whole thing when they're throwing the spears at everybody at the beginning when they're going to the, oh, yeah. they start the race. You're, that is one of when the most. When they're
1: running away, the, it's as vicious the surviving the game type yeah. thing. Good luck to you. It's one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. And guess what? The worst doesn't show up until the very very end. Right. And when it does show up you're like, fuck. Yeah, you don't want to know what a wrecking ball is? <laughs> There it is. It's called a galleon. Yeah. And there's uh, more than one galleon, and they're carrying not only people and gunpowder, right. but disease, disease that you have no immunity for whatsoever. Yep. Yep. Good luck to you.
0: You're introducing essentially what? What do they call that? You're introducing a, a foreign agent
1: into yeah. a clean and, environment. a new apex predator that you have no. Yeah. There's no way to balance the system at that point. Right, right. Because they're going to run roughshod over you.
0: And that, that's what I thought was ballsy by, about Gibson. And that's what Gibson is, man. Gibson. He doesn't always give you the happiest ending in all his shit. Like he, he'll just he'll he'll go. No, oh, this is the truth of the game. And he's like, "Wow, yeah, yeah. Apocalypse was damn good." Um, all right, then my number six, right? Is that right? Correct. Uh, is uh, the uh, um, Frost Nixon? Uh, that is a
1: slight punch. Wow, we have a commonality. Uh, I like it. And as a punch, and before we get to that punt, oh, why don't we take a quick break and hear this word from our sponsors? All right. There we go. Yeah, we're back. Uh, thank you so much to our sponsors this week. Yeah. And uh, you want to do what we did last week we and do announcements here since people are now v- Yeah, let's do it. Stop fast-forwarding and coming to this. It. So as, if you guys listened to last week's show, yeah. as we said, uh, we are back out on the road coming mm-hmm. up here. We're coming to two cities so far. Uh, we're working on more. Yeah. Uh, but for... The first one is going to be in Houston on February 29th. It's a Saturday night. Hello. No. Two shows. Two, two. And 8 and a 10 o'clock. Yes. Doors will be at 7 and 9 yes. at the House of Blues in Houston. Mm-hmm. Tickets are 25 uh, and 40 if you want to come to both shows. Yeah. Come on out come see us uh, if you're listening to this you can find the, we'll have the links up on uh, our over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the top 10 show with uh, all spelled out yeah uh, you can find us on Twitter at Matt Nost at John uh, at the Roca says rather yeah, at the Roka or says. at top 10 show they'll have the links there mm-hmm. um, or you can get it to patreon.com forward slash uh, the top 10 with the number 10 hit us up there we've got it out everywhere but we're coming there the uh, February 29th okay two shows in Houston that's right and then after that in May, May second. Bum 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 uh, bum bum. Coming back to London, baby. <laughs> May second. It's an eight o'clock show. The doors will open at seven. There'll be a bar there. Go grab a drink. We uh we have the hall. Hall 1 at King's Place, where we were last year. We do. We had so much fun. Our thanks to uh, King's Place for having us back. Yep. And uh, so we're going to the bigger, the 400-seater. Yeah. Uh, we got even more demand of you guys need to come back, and this time I'm bringing you know, my, my buddy that couldn't make it last time, or I wanted to bring a Pele, who sparked the idea in my head when I was at the store, and he happened to be in town. He's like, I'm bringing my family and all my friends. Yeah. Come on out. We expect to see you there. May 2nd. Uh, we're doing one show, 8 o'clock. We've got the Hall for longer that night, so we're going to run a longer show. We're talking about doing a potential q and A, Q&A or yeah, trying to figure out some sort of value added for the fact that so many people made it. We come back and we're coming back. It's thirty pounds for one show. Yeah. May second, King's Place, uh, and you can find the links on our social media for that. We should have potentially uh, tickets up for that as well, but uh, just stay tuned. They're out there. But yeah. May second, and you want to do that? I mean, look, look
0: like Matt said, two shows in, Houston, in uh, Houston, one show in London, but that show in London is the four hundred seat theater. You guys. Last year, remember we said we were going to come back and we we're going to hit that foreign seat theater. This is – we're doing it. We, we we closed the deal. We're going to make it happen. So we need you to hold up your end of the bargain. Come we'll get all the tickets. Sell this place out. Let's get make it a top 10 night. Yes. And I'm sure we'll end up at the bar afterwards drinking until 3 in the morning. It's going to be a blast and a lot of fun. And all of, and both of us can't wait to do it, mm-hmm. can't, go back, can't wait to go back to England, can't wait to do it in Houston. Uh, and we're going to have new merchandise, new stuff going on. It's going to be a positive 2020. What better way to celebrate 2020 than coming and watching us uh, do it? And what better thing to do at this Christmas season than buy tickets for yourself and your family and your friends to come see us live? Because you know that is one present that will deliver.
1: Damn straight. And so a smile go. on her face. May 2nd, we're coming in. February 29th for Houston, May 2nd for London. We are working on other cities and other dates for potentially one in between those two. Yeah. Uh, but just to have this more regularly, we have some help uh, you know, booking these shows and yes. lining things up with us now. So hopefully we can start to getting a more routine schedule of, you know, hey, third Saturday of the month. We're always on the road and we're in this city and you just kind of check in with us. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's it. Those are our announcements for now. So let's jump back in. Which is the punt from just a second ago. Yes. Frost Nixon. That's my number six. You're number five. My number five. uh, Damn good movie. Oh, such a good movie, man. I I walked into it going, hopefully it's good, and walked out going, you know, I don't. I think this deserves more praise than it's getting Mm -hmm. in this season. Uh, I already liked Michael Sheen, and he crushes it. Frank Langella, I thought, was a weird Nixon, and then you see it, and it works. (laughs) I mean, it totally works. Uh, It's mind-blowing how much it works. It does. It does. You got what? Sam Rockwell, Oliver Platt. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Ron Howard, which is yeah. not a very Ron Howardy movie. The dude from Successions in this. Which one? The dude who plays
0: like the smarmy guy who's like the the husband of the wife, the husband of the girl.
1: Oh, the English actor. Yeah, the English yeah. actor. He's in this.
0: He plays he plays a, a uh, Michael Sheen's producer. Oh,
1: okay. That's him. Okay, Matthew McFadden. Uh, I do not remember that. Hey, Kevin Bacon's in this thing. He's a jerk it, off it's got this a bunch thing? of yeah. small little parts here and there. Yep, but Sheen and Langella are hey, just Re- great. Rebecca Hall, yeah, yeah,
0: their chemistry is fantastic. Um, and like, you get invested in Sheen's story, in mm-hmm. uh, Frost's story, David Frost's story, and what he's trying to do. And that's the thing. And this is something that I think is really important for people to understand who are watching or maybe listening to us. Just because you see people on TV. Just because you see people on the radio, hear people on the radio or see people doing podcasts or like, come see us in the live it doesn't mean that behind the scenes they're just rolling in the dough. You look at D- – David Frost was essentially broke
1: and he was banking on this, setting him up for the future. And also in his eyes, my guess is kind of a joke. Yes. So – this yeah. is to also get him to be seen as a serious man of, of you know, true intention and endeavor yes. within uh, pop culture, celebrity lifestyle, whatnot, because mm-hmm. he was just kind of a fluff yeah. presenter, yeah. so to speak. Uh, I don't know him outside of this. Right. I Has no—it's not a blip on my radar. Oh, you like, mean in
0: in—your experience with him was only in the movie? Yes. Oh, wow. No, I grew up watching his interviews— because um, I'm of that age. I grew up watching his interviews. They occasionally would show on ABC after he became famous after this situation. He became David Frost. Mm-hmm. So David Frost, I think on 2020 or ABC News, he would do interviews that were, you know, licensed to. 2020 or ABC news and he would interview people and political figures and whatever. So it was always interesting with David Frost interviewed people. So mm-hmm. I, when uh, the, I, when they were saying that we were doing a movie about this, I got excited to see what would happen. And Michael Sheen does such a great job
1: yeah. as David Frost. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of came and went. It never comes up on any shows. No.
0: And Ron Howard, I think directed this yeah. one. Yeah. So I, I said that. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah.
1: Must have missed it, but yeah. it's, it's very non, like doesn't seem like Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't Damn. know he had this type of movie. Like in his wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, not to say the guy's not talented. He just hadn't really given us anything akin to this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a good one. So that's my five. What's your five? Okay. Uh, what I put on my five is up in the air. Okay. Yeah, it's on the
0: side list. Yeah. Love that movie, man. And not I. I mean, I mean, love probably isn't even the right word because that's such a depressing movie. Um, I, I think I, I I admire this movie. I guess because it deals with this idea of. Um, being fired and what that entails for people and the other side of the coin, the people doing the firing. And I don't mm-hmm. mean the the um, companies. I had no idea this existed, that there oh. were people hired. That there was a company that did this. Yes, to fire people. So to avoid any kind of like. Backlash or anger or, you know, people yeah, directed be- at somebody who's still in the office. Exactly. It could be people up or something like that. Because you see that happen all the time. You hear about people getting mm-hmm. fired and coming back with guns, you know. So why wouldn't this exist? Some kind of impersonal, um, essentially almost automated uh, firing of yourself and with some kind of idea like, oh, there's so many great people after they got fired. They created this. They did this. They did that. Some kind of narrative to try to make you feel better. But what the movie really captures and I thought it was brilliant, I think it's Reitman, Jason Reitman who directed it, is the reaction to the people, the authentic reaction people feel when they're fired and the despondency and the fear and what they have to negotiate emotionally in that moment as it's happening. And none so more than the hey, the larger, older dude, the kind of balder, older guy, when they fire him, breaking down, mm-hmm. fuck, I cried like a baby in the theater, man, because like – that could be someone's dad, yeah, who has spent years, and now is like has been living like you know doing what he can, saving what he can. Doesn't have a lot, but really hopes to keep this thing going until he retires. And now he gets prematurely fired, and you're just like, oh fuck, what does he do now? And his reaction to it all, man. Plus, a lot of people when they work, and I'm sorry, man, I'm going on. A lot of people when they work, they they find an identity, they find their
1: identity through the job. Yeah. So they if the jobs
0: removed, who the hell am I?
1: Right. Uh, I just don't, I think I've seen it once again since okay. then, okay. so I don't know that I'm going back for it. That's why I didn't make it. Yeah, that's fair. Totally Com- respect that. Compared to others, just like, I know I'm going to watch that way more. Yeah. So, and we don't talk about this one either. Yeah. So. Yeah. Try and get it onto a list somehow. Great stuff from Clooney, great stuff from Farmiga, and certainly, um,
0: um, oh, I forget the the what? girl, the girl. Oh, it's a. Jesus. My mind Sometimes that's what Reitman directed. She's in the Noel Christmas thing. Anyway, she's in Pitch Perfect. Anna Kendrick. There it okay. is. There
1: it is. Yeah, you're right. It's always there somewhere. It was early Anna Kendrick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Four for me is uh, this is one where I, I think it's up on the line, but I don't. I don't okay. think it's crossed ten to fifteen. Okay. Castaway. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think we've talked about it a lot. Yeah. I. I mean, because it's Tom Hanks, you would think. Yeah. But I don't think it comes up all that much. Okay. I remember being uh, kind of. Building up to the anticipation for it, because the, the pictures that came out of his mm-hmm. dramatic weight loss and his hair was all shaggy. Oh, right. I remember that, yeah. And just There wasn't the, the same type of press coverage to kind of fill it in. So, like, oh, it's about this new Desert Island movie that he's doing with Zemeckis. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And the trailer on the initial... Uh, when you see it and you're like, oh, wow, flashing back to what he looked like yeah. you know, six months previous when he was still shooting and they catch him out about town or whatever. Yeah. He lost so much weight. And you're like, wow, he fully committed to this. So going into it, the anticipation was so high uh, and it really lived up to it. I mean, I can't think of it's very rarefied air where an actor doesn't say more than five words and mm-hmm. yet he's compelling the entire time. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a difficult role to cast. Yeah. You can't do that with too many people where just watching them think is enough of an entertainment.
0: Well, and also you feel it, right? Mm -hmm. You feel it in that moment when he comes back Mm -hmm. and he has that interaction with Helen Hunt. Like, wow. Like everything that's been built up on that island now comes to fruition in this moment. This fantasy, this idea of what was supposed to happen. Yeah. His life, right? It's such a cataclysmic event, a seismic shift in your life from – like I had this girlfriend, I had I was go I was going forward, we're gonna get married, blah, blah, blah. Everyone thinks I'm dead. I come back all these years later, and it's like the the feelings never died. So Helen Hunt having that moment with him, you
1: forgive it because you're like, she has to have closure here. Yeah, she had to move on. Right. And it wasn't it was beyond feelings, it was motivation. She was what drove him to get home? Right. Otherwise, he would have, you know, because he tried to commit suicide. Yes, uh, I allude of to that. Yeah, with the the noose that's hanging up when he needs extra cordage yes. and rope oh, at the God. end of it, and he goes back for the noose and uh, I, I don't know how you don't think of that. Like yeah. suicide is kind of a viable option if you, after you've been out there for a long enough time. You know, that there's no, I'm not on a trade route. So right. Ships never pass. Yeah. So. He really has the one option of I need to make something in hope. I hope mm-hmm. I make it out too. And when Wilson goes darting off and he's screaming after him. Like you felt that in the audience oh, the first yeah. time it was it was something, man. Well, it's also symbolic, right? This idea of I had this idea of what my life was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then
0: something happened that sent me tumbling down. Right. Yeah. It's not being lost, on, but you can feel that way even as you're working or you're around people all the time. You can feel like you're lost on an island by yourself and how you climb back out of it, you can go one of two ways. Find your way out of it or just resign yourself to um, the situation and never climb out of it and yeah. either either suicide or just live a unhappy life until the end. And so like in that – him constantly fighting and, <coughs> and pushing to get off that island was really powerful. Sorry. <coughs> it was really powerful. I thought so. Without a doubt.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's surprising that it doesn't come up on more movies, but, or more movie lists. Yeah. But it, I don't believe it has. Do you think it's because, like, it's just such an accepted thing? Um, I think it's it's because it's such a specific movie that it's <laughs> right. tough for it to cross over into, like, when we did movies on the sea. Well, that's not on the sea, but he's surrounded by sea, so it's not um, going to make that. Good point, yeah. When it's movies like this, and you like, well, mm-hmm. you can, ta- I guess, count that, but it's not yeah. really that. So it's Tom Hanks... Yeah, or shipwrecked. We, but we've never done a shipwreck. We've never done a shipwreck. There's not. There's no way. There's ten shipwrecks. I don't moves. think so. Ten yeah. worth a damn. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Ten worth the damn. Uh, all
0: right. That was your number four. That was my four. All right. My number four is, uh, and this is we're going to um, the uh, um, foreign classics corner. Okay. We are going to the foreign classics canal. With a Cyrano de Bergerac. It's a film that came out in uh, 19 – I think 1990 in December. This one, Gerard Depardieu playing Cyrano de Bergerac. People do not understand how good this mother-effing movie is and how great he is in this performance, how much fun this movie is, how touching, how heartbreaking, how – Uh, incredible this movie how phenomenally directed this movie is and yes it's in subtitles it's in French but it is a vibrant vibrant movie and people never seem to talk about it when they talk about the great um, foreign films that have been released over the last four decades or three decades this is one of those ones that needs to be more in the conversation and people seem to never discover it. Except even uh, um, even though the reviews are like 95 percent or 90 percent on rotten tomatoes, it's incredible how well-reviewed this film is, yet nobody
1: seems to talk about it. I've never seen it. <laughs> so – and I don't think I'm uh, – maybe, maybe one day. Yeah. But that feels like a
0: lie. I almost feel like I miss – I miss being back in that time in the 90s and, and early 2000s where like it was a foreign film. And you're like, oh, I got to go see. I got to discover this thing. Working over the last few years is like I know when all of them are coming. Yeah. So there's not that sense of discovery anymore, man. You kind of – you lose that in exchange for having so much access to everything,
1: you know. It kind of sucks in some way. Yeah, you don't get to experience it in the same way. Yeah. Either that or the same way that everybody else does. Right. Like Parasite. Parasite could have been one of those
0: ones that came out in the '90s and only like you know a few select few yeah. people saw, but now it's so big coming out in 2019.
1: Well, word of mouth with the internet. Exactly. Hey, if you get a chance to see this, and everybody's yep. saying that, great point. Right. You just don't have that back then. So right, right.
0: Anyway, if you haven't seen it, I can't recommend it enough. You look for a foreign film to enjoy. I, I wish it would come out in a like Criterion collection, but mm. for some reason, still no. All right. Uh,
1: three for me is Sherlock. Oh, nice choice, man. The Downey Jr. It's fun. Yeah. It's super fun. This feels... This is good enough to be a summer tentpole. Yeah. It's and so it's good, man. crazy. It came out in December. Mm-hmm. And I like the follow-up, Book of Shadows, too. Yeah. I almost
0: like the Book of Shadows more. Me, too. Because I don't think... Because Rachel McAdams kind of takes a little bit
1: away from me for Sherlock. I don't think she's as good in this film as she's been in other films. Uh, see, the Book of Shadows, I think, would be higher if it was... If we got more with Moriarty. We got a lot. Yeah, we did. But do you realize they're setting up a finale between Mm -hmm. the – and because we haven't gotten that, I'm still kind of waiting on bated breath of what's going on with this? Like he survived. We know he survived this. Right. Uh, And to see this little tête-à-tête go further, there's ultimately got to be a victor. We know it's going to be Sherlock. Yeah. But how does he do it? And I really want to see that. But out of nowhere, I mean Guy Ritchie, (laughs) I didn't know he – was. he had done like – obviously the guy Richie the lock stocks right 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 the uh, you know what we had seen, rock and roll uh, and whatnot we've seen him put out those types of movies but to take some of the feeling of that perhaps the the fast pacing with the cutting and whatnot but to use that now that fast cutting for uh, Sherlock projecting how he's going to win this fight yeah and he's you see all the moves before he does it because it's going to happen so fast and the stylization, the cinematography, the set design, it was really just a well-lived-in and thought-out movie yeah. from top to bottom.
0: <clears throat> also, the drama works. The drama of what they're creating works. Mm-hmm. The situation with Mark Strong, the situation with the parliament, all of that, mm-hmm. the secret organization. all And then, oh, it's a mystery, right? Most of Sherlock's mysteries – rarely go into the halls of parliament, right? This was such a large mystery yeah. while also being a small story mm-hmm. in that it's just about someone wanting power and to overturning the government, yeah. right? But like all the stuff that needs to happen for it to go down and you have these great action sequences that reinforce uh, the joy and fun that this film is supposed to convey, but you never lose the stakes mm-hmm. uh, and it gets pretty dark in some moments for sure yeah. And then as he's explaining all the mysteries that go along, you're just like, Oh, this is brilliant. This is
1: brilliant. Yeah. You know? And the score is incredible. Just top to bottom. Yeah. yeah. Well written, well directed, well acted. Yeah. Everything is done just so uh yeah, I wish they'd keep going. I understand with his schedule as Iron Man, mm-hmm. Jude Law doing whatever he's doing and whatnot, it's got to be difficult to make time. But yeah. he's no longer Iron Man. No, he's not. They're talking about doing another one of these, aren't they? <laughs> yeah,
0: Ethan, our friend e- – or Ethan from the – Oh, that's right. He's – He's writing it supposedly, and Dexter Fletcher is directing it, the guy who just did Rocket Man. Okay. So speaking of Guy Ritchie from Lockstock Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, him, the guy, the kitchen guy with the knives. Uh, one of the four dudes. He's one so of the then four dudes. Rich, you'll get what? An EP credit? Yeah. And get some it. free money? Right. he's one of his boys, I yeah. think. He,
1: he earned it. He created this. Why not? Why I not? mean, on some level, uh, I'm sure the Conan Doyle estate is very happy that it exists. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, all right. My number three is uh, I'm so sorry to everybody about this. I'm still. Suffering with this and getting over it. My number three is nineteen seventeen, which no, I know it's, I know it's a cheat, I know it's a cheat, this motherfucker, I know it's a cheat, but it's my way of telling you and everyone who's listening to us or watching us, like, you got to see this film. This is my favorite film of the year. It's coming out in December. It still qualifies, um, and I can't tell you how incredible Roger Deakins cinematography is. How phenomenal Sam Mendes' direction is. The acting is stellar. The twists and turns of this story are fantastic. I think you're going to love it, Matt. As a period piece in mm-hmm. World War One, sure I will. The fact that it's shot like it's all one shot for oh, two. Don't tell me
1: too much. I don't know that. That's it. It's a, well. That's a everyone's. A talking I know, but about the, that. I don't. I try and know as little as humanly okay. possible. All right. About any of it going in. <laughs> all right, that's all
0: I can. Uh, and and it's it's a fantastic journey about what's supposed. You know the trailer and what they're supposed to try. I've only two.
1: seen like ten seconds of the trailer. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I won't ruin too much of the story then. I don't know. I don't diddly and shit. I just Okay. premise. I'm on board. And everybody's going. It's really excellent. It okay. Is. Great. Awesome. It is. Okay. I will be seeing this as all right. As close to it coming out as humanly possible. I'll let it go. All right. Two for me. <coughs> uh, is uh Christmas vacation. <coughs> oh my God. All right. What? <laughs> It's only come up on, like, three Christmas shows. This is your number two movie ever released in December. It's Christmas Vacation. Find me another one that I watch religiously, like Clockwork, every year, guaranteed. I
0: I don't know. I don't watch you like Clockwork. I know, but
1: at the same time, (laughs) I know I'm watching this at some point every year. Okay. That that may happen with the other movies on Mm -hmm. my list. Mm -hmm. This one is the only one that is guaranteed to happen. Okay. So I already know that, and uh, it's a, you know, it's... Look, this is our Christmas Eve show. You're this right, is our Christmas Eve. It is our Christmas Eve show. Might as well have at least one Christmas movie on it. Oh, right. That's fair. A little tip of the hat to the fact that Christmas is tomorrow for those those celebrating. For those, in the, I'm not sure when Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or anything else falls. Hey, enjoy those holidays. Don't I want could, to get involved. Why? Well, I, I could look it up, but I don't want to. You know, I, I don't have the slightest clue. Right. Like, um, I know that Hanukkah shifts, but I don't know why it shifts. Does it shift? I didn't know it shifted. Well, it's like it's kind of like uh, okay. in my head it's kind of like uh, uh Thanksgiving it's the third Thursday okay of it's one of those oh. it's not a specific date it's a specific like maybe within a certain calendar okay. frame okay. or something okay. or potentially it's based on it's like the first full moon of December or something that that signaled the, originally the the winter harvest for solstice or something, and that's what they based it on I don't fucking know all right fair uh I guess I could search, search does Hanukkah start on the same date every year but I know that it Sometimes lands over Christmas, and sometimes yeah. like at the beginning of the month. Okay, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. Now, now I, I got to look it up. I got, I I got to like talk nasty. to my
0: girlfriend's family, who's like uh, some uh, half Jewish. So
1: I want to find out for sure what the truth is. Are you looking it up right now? Well, this year it's the 22nd through the 30th. Okay. Uh, I love that you're looking it up right now. Why not? Yeah, last year it was <coughs> mm-hmm. December 2nd through December 10th. Oh, okay. All right. So it, it moves around. It moves around. I don't know what that's based on. More props no to it. Sure, sure.
0: Is it because – yeah, why is that? I don't know. It's based
1: on something that's fluid. I feel so. like I want to look that up. I don't know. Okay. Uh. Well, why don't we look that up too? <laughs> I don't know. It's that's the good. holiday show. <coughs> Let's do it. It's the holiday season.
0: You can tell me my what's in with my voice at this point.
1: Um, since the Jewish and Gregorian calendars are based upon different cycles, set dates on one calendar correlate to different dates on the other calendar mm-hmm. each year. So that's why Hanukkah always changes dates every year on the Gregorian cal- calendar okay. while always being on the same date every year on the Jewish calendar.
0: Okay. Wow. All right. You accept it? Sure. That's how okay. they do
1: it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to argue. Yeah. I, I only know the Gregorian calendar. I'm not Jewish. So uh I'm not Jewish. Jewish. But Christmas mm-hmm. vacation? Yes. Quality. Excellent. Okay. Uh my favorite of the Lampoons vacations. <laughs> and uh You're ridiculous man. Yeah, I know. You don't have as, near as much love. I think it's just fucking perfect. Uh, you know what's funny? We're doing it for the cinephiles. We're Are doing you? Christmas. That's our Christmas
0: movie this year. We're doing it next week yeah. as we're recording. As we're Steve, week. Steve is a big fan. Steve is, but our friend Mike Ross is like, that's the movie he plays us every year when we all go hang out uh, for Christmas Day. We That's like the number one movie. You know, Russ, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The Jelly of the Month Club, all of it, the, ride, the squirrel, the, the tree that's massive. The sticky sap, all of that stuff. The turkey
1: that coughs open. (laughs) They're trying to eat it. um, The cat in the box. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over again. It's a million. I'm gonna get you some real nice. (laughs) So holding back about asking for money and then eventually he gets you know his wish granted and just pulls out this massive list. Yeah. Oh it's great.
0: I like when he tells Clark to throw some things in the cart for himself or Clark's money.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to get you some real nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Randy Quaid's arguably his best work in my eyes. Oh, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Uh, maybe maybe Independence Day. Maybe Independence Day. Did you see his LBJ? No, what was that for? He did LBJ. He did Lyndon Johnson. What do you mean? Like in what? Uh, I don't know. It could have been an HBO movie. It could okay. have been uh, something like that. I'm pretty sure. Randy I don't Quaid. know if I've ever
0: seen him do it, uh, an HBO movie as L- Lyndon Johnson. Okay, if you say so. I'm going to take your word for it, man.
1: Yeah, Randy Quaid, Lyndon Johnson, the movie LBJ, The Early Years, came out in 1987. Was it an HBO film? Uh, I'm I looking like it up now. Movie. Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Lead Actor. Ooh. And... Okay. Well, that's the... I have to click on the Wikipedia, I guess, to figure out where it released. Okay. But Primetime Emmy, so it came out on TV somewhere. Right. Uh, distributed by NBC. Oh. Okay. But All I right. haven't seen that in so long. There's no way they get into the real LBJ because that dude liked to cuss. So. He did. did you want, have you finished The Crown yet? Season, Season three? three? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you like his LBJ? Uh,
0: Yeah, sure. Right? Sure. It was interesting. Why not? I like how he made him jump through hoops. It was hilarious to me. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. The way uh, lbj was yeah
1: guy that liked to have most meetings in the john and did he really yeah he liked it as a form of dominance wow so that you had to continue on the conversation he showed guys his dick a lot because he was apparently well hung wow but just as a form of you know slight intimidation
0: really mm-hmm. i guess that would intimidate me
1: it's a weird oh, it's just a weird what are you gonna do the president's taking a piss but he's the president so i have to stand here i don't want to see your, the president's dick though. no no never that's not, I'm, no, I'm good. I don't see anybody's dick. Ah, fair. So, presidential or not.
0: Yeah. Have
1: you been watching Watchmen? I haven't caught back up, no. Okay. There's not a, yet. There's a dick in Watchmen. I was warning you now. Uh, I mean, so Billy Crudup's 20-foot penis. Well, this is a, yeah, you know, this is pretty big. Okay. Well, that's fine. Let's Just letting you know. I don't think anything's going to top Westworld. There's <laughs> been a few dicks on that. Where... That dude's a fucking that's a tree trunk. Yeah, yeah. There have been a couple where it's I'm a like, is, that a, is that a pedestal of these? Oh my God. It's, uh I hope that's camera like trickery where it's forced perspective and they because they put it so close to the lens, it gives you a disproportionate <laughs> understanding of the size.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. You're going to hurt somebody with that thing. Oh, I finally just watched Trainwreck for the first time the other night with. Uh, oh, did you literally... like it? I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, that was funny. Okay. I, I was expecting to be like, okay, it's fine. But it was actually really funny. Oh. Actually, damn sweet, too. Uh, Brie Larson's really good in it, obviously. But, like, I, uh, you know, she's funny, and what she goes through is funny. Hey, Hater's
1: great. I love Hater. Yeah. I love Hater. I think he's great. <laughs> he's so great, man. Yeah. Although I still haven't seen season two of Barry. What? Dude. I uh, like it. Uh, the thing is. It... Okay. I don't know. I. What is it? tahir has been one of my favorite SNL guys in a while. Yeah. So I got nothing against him. I, I like the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't okay. Know. I've held back, I guess, in my effusive praise of it. I'm not sure why. I can't put my finger on it. Okay. Interesting. All right. So that was my two. What was your
0: two? Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, okay. We Good rarely talk. talk about it. No. It, it never comes up. Yeah, it almost never comes up. It's one of my favorite films. I just bought it on Blu-ray the other day. Or 4K, rather, the other day, uh, just to see if the transfer was any damn good. And it's fantastic. And it's like revisiting the film again because it's such great uh, cinematography in that film. And mm-hmm. action sequence is really, like, beautiful to watch and lyrical. Um, and the story itself, too, is, like, a pretty tragic story. So I, I was, it was fun to revisit because I hadn't seen it in such a long time. And seeing it again, I was like, damn, hey, man, this is... People forget – you just kind of forget. There are so many goddamn good movies. Yeah. The same, and, and it's so funny. We're doing this list, Matt, because we're trying to include films that we don't normally talk about. And the thing is people just defer to these other films that everybody talks about. But there are these great classics that are sitting on the wings or on True. the sidelines like, hey, you know, you loved us for a while too, you know. And this is one of those ones, you know. And it, it kind of – Takes that martial arts genre and elevates it to a whole nother level with this film. You know, I think it's a fantastic film. Um, What's-his-face directed it? Who's that? Is it, um, You're I shit. have no idea. The guy who did Brokeback Mountain. Uh, oh, uh, Ang Lee? Ang Lee. Yes, Ang Lee directed this. Okay. And so uh, – which makes sense because you do have – very much he leans into the Asian aspects of it all. But he keeps it still at times westernized so you could – so it has a universal appeal. So, okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Which number one? Uh, one was into the Spider Verse. That's my number one. Son of a bitch. A fucking <coughs> a revelation. I was afraid you were. G- we weren't going to be able to
0: let, be allowed to put in it, because yeah. it's such a recent movie. No, I, But it hasn't come up a lot. So,
1: no, it hasn't come up yeah. a lot
0: yet. Mm-hmm. Yet, yet. I'm sure it will.
1: It will certainly. And maybe we should have given up to something else that won't come up a bunch eventually. But we haven't been able to talk about it. But right. it's it's fucking perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. flat out perfect. Yeah, the amount of time and care that went into it spills across in every scene. Oh God, and yeah, every frame. Yeah, you can see the thought that went into all the detail because you go back and rewatch. Yeah, but the first time upon seeing it, to see all the little uh, like a uh, comic book shading and whatnot, and all these different characters, and uh, so you you appreciate the animation on that level. And going back now in hindsight and finding out more about it, like mm. uh, when they're doing the web slinging through the forest. And it's regular Peter Parker but from a different dimension and Miles Morales. So Peter is uh, going through the, the, the frame at 24 frames per second or whatever. Right. The correct... And then Miles is coming through at half. Yeah. So if he feels less disjointed because he's not as good at this. He hasn't. Right. But the fact that they shot the two different and two different and animated in two different uh, speeds and whatnot and it really comes to now when you watch it with a more acute eye be like oh yeah I can see these what were subconscious details to be before. Yeah. And it's that over and over and over again bringing in like the stupid like kapow type of Mm -hmm. uh, but with the kingpin this over the top fusion reactor portal, whatever in the world mm-hmm. to, to bring in you know, Spider-Ham. Yeah, no, right. I never thought well, I'd see that, that character. Yeah, no. And the anime, Spider-Girl, like the... But the spider Man, or Spider-Ham I grew up with. I remember that in comics. And so suddenly yeah. there's a movie, they they're going to have Spider-Ham in it. Shut up. <laughs> that barely worked in the comics. And I was a kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know. I agree. And, and so much about it is like, the thing is, it's a In (coughs) inventively brilliant film (coughs) and all the action sequences really work and flow into each other Mm -hmm. and the emotion, the journey he goes on, the loss that he experiences, right? All of it is so well done, even though we've seen it before. Mm -hmm. It's so well done within the construct of what they've created for the film and the pain of it and how it connects and how it leads to him becoming – what he becomes by the end so that it feels earned. And, oh, by the way, it's a fantastic superhero movie. Like there's this great emotional journey that you could see in in any other great film. But throw on top of it, the joy of a superhero movie is fantastic, you know. And the different versions of the Spider-Mans that there are from the different dimensions, all distinctly different, all have enough screen time to establish exactly what they are. All of it. It's just the the economy – of screen time that they do with everything that they show in that movie is genius and it, it keeps is. you feeling like
1: you connect to everything it's, a, it's something that I hate and I loved it which is another fucking origin movie yeah I right, don't need right, another right, origin right, right, story right. and just like does if you would do it this well. I'll take them all day long. Yeah. That's fine. But I'm just sick of the, OK, got to hash through this you know, baloney mm. narrative to get all the newest kids that have never heard of this character, you know, comic book character right. up to speed in this movie. But everybody else knows this crap. Yeah. It's like Batman. I don't need to see it again at this point. Yeah. Right. Unless you do it, you know, that's a, a new inventive way a la Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Agreed. I'm all on board. Thoroughly agreed. It's going to be another generic rehash. Like, we know him, and we know Spider-Man, and we know yeah. there's a number of characters that we don't need. Yeah. We're fine. Hmm. Uh, Superman. Don't need it. You want another origin story with Superman? Not an origin story. That's what I'm I certainly talking certainly want another Superman. Uh, you'll get it. Yeah, I hope so. You he will. He's too big a
0: character not to. I know. They just keep fucking delaying. It drives me nuts.
1: But, yeah. Uh well they've got to cast whoever gonna be the new Superman and then figure out what the trajectory of Superman is gonna be. Yeah. It's a tall order. I agree. Tall yeah. building. Cavill yeah. should still be Superman, at of least course. not going to. Of course.
0: Uh all right. Well anyway, that's our uh, separate uh, top ten list for the best movies released in December. Uh with movies that we hadn't talked about a lot so make sure that caveat is there Um, and I hope you enjoyed hearing us talk about other films that we don't normally talk about a lot hope they spark some ideas in you maybe some of you listeners were like oh I I gotta see that film I haven't seen that film or oh I forgot about that film yeah I need to go take a look at it I haven't revisited it in a while so I think we uh, threw up a bunch of great stuff in here
1: So yeah, tons of different random choices I think so what, Into uh, the Spider versus 1, do you want to make Frost, Nixon 2 since that's the only other commonality Yeah, sounds good. Are you going to do it? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do we have any other? We don't, do we? <laughs> no, I don't think we do. Well,
0: then I think... Oh, no, you you said you were going to bump something off for right, Tonya, but I don't know if you're going to do
1: that. Oh. Uh, no, just, let's just okay. keep it as is because it's such, on the bottom of your yeah, list there. That's anyway, so... Okay. Um, so what, your number 2? What's your 2? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um. All right, I got Christmas Vacation. We're flipping a coin. Are you kidding me I don't know if I'll ever watch Crouching Tiger again. Vegas, every Christmas Vacation, I will watch every year. So, you win it anyway. What? Nice. Uh, crouching Tiger at three. <laughs> For the record, I don't grumble
0: when I lose yes, you do. these uh, yes, flips. You do. I just want to make it clear.
1: Someone compile a clip of every time he quote-unquote doesn't grumble. Ditto. Three. Ditto. What's your three? Uh, 1917. Okay. I got Sherlock. I haven't seen 1917.
0: That's, that's fair. Just... put Sherlock. <laughs> if you want to remove 1917, we can. I just wanted to put it on this because I think it's great. That's fine. That's, i put it okay. the next one. Okay. So what's your next? Number four for me is Cyrano de Bergerac. Uh, I've got Castaway. Mm. Shall we flip again? I think we'll flip again.
1: I gave you the last one, so. Well, it's because no one listening nor I have seen it, so... I don't know if anyone listening is it. By the time Christmas rolls around. Uh, I got that one. Okay. All right. So, yours was Cyrano? Yeah. Cyrano. Uh, how do you spell it? C- uh,
0: C-Y-R-A-N-O.
1: Day Bergerac. All right. So then what's your – did my five, your six, what's your five?
0: Um, What is my five?
1: Sorry. Uh, up in the air. And then I got my six and you're done, right? You don't have a six? I think was uh, no. Frost
0: Nixon. It was Frost Nixon.
1: <laughs> Boom. Tombstone. Oh, crap. Ridiculous. So that magnanimity you just espoused, undercut it entirely right there. <laughs> How many times do I do that? For well, good reason. You just did it. For to be in the wrong, reason. enjoy yourself. Oh, Jesus. All
0: right. Uh, the top ten movies released in December that we haven't talked about a lot Yeah. At number ten. Tombstone. Oh, Jesus.
1: And number nine. Up in the Air. And number eight. Cyrano de Bergerac. At number seven, Castaway. At number six, 1917. At number five, Sherlock. And number four, Christmas Vacation. At number three, Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. At number two, Frost Nixon.
0: And our number one movie released in December is Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Hey. Oh, eh, eh. Hey. Good stuff. What a fantastic list of fun movies,
1: man! And then we have uh, from Corey O'Connor. Oh yeah, what has he got? Who put in? So this is his list, and he didn't know about us and you know our little size. Sure, role. sure. But uh, it says without further ado, the list: at ten, a few good men. Yeah. At nine, Django Unchained. Okay. Eight is Heat. Mm-hmm. Seven is Ocean's Eleven. Six is Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. Five is The Godfather Part Two. Four is Rocky. Mm -hmm. Three is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. There you go. Two is Star Wars Ep 7 The Force Awakens. Okay. And finally, number one is Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. All right. Um, He said this was a blast to put together. I really appreciate the dedication and commitment to bring us all the content you put out there. Happy holidays to you both and to everyone that works on the show and to everyone listening, Mr. Corey O'Connor. And our thanks also to Chris Alexakos yes. for help, helping us put all this ah. stuff from Patreon together. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a lot of work and uh, Chris does it every every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, each and every time and him and Joe Abara, Mike Shea uh, Kristen Smith and Matthew Hasso yeah. thanks to all of you that helped us here on the show helped us all year yes. like really
0: just incredible stuff you know every year Matt and I discover a new way to take this uh, show to the next level to give it more support more love and uh, you guys have been incredible and essential to us advancing the cause of the top 10 mm-hmm. uh, and taking some load off of our shoulders uh, to make sure that happens so thank you all so much uh, and, like, honestly, you're supposed to give thanks on – I think you're supposed to give thanks at Christmas for all the good things that are happening during the year. You all coming on to help us is one of the big thanks I give in the year.
1: And we hope to meet each and every one of you in uh, Texas when we go yes. out there on February 29th and London, May 2nd. Stay tuned for more dates. We are working on those. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can shave a little bit of the time off the turnaround on these because they took you – know, a month, month and a half longer than we anticipated mm. on the initial reach-outs and the agreements and then just to get everything hammered down. But uh, please, pick up the tickets. Uh, come see us when we come to your city and do those live shows. Yeah. at the House of Blues in Houston, King's Place in London, and uh, two shows in Houston once again, one in London. We'll see mm-hmm. you those nights. Have a Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa, holidays, whatever you're celebrating out there. Stay safe, have fun, say hi to the fam, kiss those babies, <laughs> pet the dogs, <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Light the fires, kick go. the tires. <coughs> I'm out of here. Merry Christmas, Woo! motherfuckers. There you go. Merry Christmas, everybody from the Top 10 Show. Follow Matt at
0: Matt Nost. Follow me at The Roca says. And please. Be safe this holiday season. Enjoy yourself. And for those of you who maybe are having a tough time during this holiday season, if you don't mind, Matt, just saying something really quick to them. Take it day by day. Take it hour by hour. Find what you need to do to keep you at peace because we Mm -hmm. love you being around. We love you being a fan of the top ten. And we need you in 2020 to keep watching and enjoying and listening to our show and pushing uh, the show and you never know what can happen for you in a new year. So get through the holidays and come out the other side and come with us into 2020. So much love to all of you. Thanks again. And
1: Merry Christmas. Yeah. And uh, next week we've got shout outs. we got everything to close out. That'll be the final one of the year. That's Thank right. you so much. 2019 was amazing. 2020 looks like it's even better. Uh, thanks to everybody out there. Once again, my personal thanks to, to Blair Simpson. I appreciate the help. Uh, and I think that's all I had to say. You, there sir? There you go. Right, we're done. Adios. Merry Christmas.